Y'all, we wouldn't be here without Youth Scene, the organization that sponsors this podcast, How to Be Queer. Youth Scene envisions a society where young people are empowered as individuals to access non-judgmental and unbiased treatment in every aspect of their lives. They encourage the creative creation of a community that celebrates everyone's worth, diverse characteristics, and dignity. Youth Scene provides mental wellness, resources, education, and support for all the LGBTQ communities, including youth and their families. So head on over to Youth Scene, that's youthseen.org, and click on Connect to give your money to support this organization dedicated to supporting our queer, trans, Black, Indigenous people of color communities. All right. Hey, Love Magic. Welcome back to How to Be Queer. Hey, hey, hey. My name is Alex. My pronouns are they, them, their. Hey, Alex. Hi, Kim. My name is Kim. My, my pronouns are she, her. I could just sit across from you. <laughs> I know. You're looking super cute tonight. Oh, you touch you. a beanie with your headphones over it, and then you get your little human sweatshirt on. You look cute. Thanks. Or handsome. That's cute. Cute works. Cute works. Yeah, come, come. You could say you can say anything to me. I don't really use pretty with you. No, you like don't. sometimes I'll be like, oh, that makeup looks pretty. Yeah, but mostly I think I use, um, like you, you, you just look good. You look good. <laughs> Maybe you look good. Maybe you look good tonight. <laughs> totally. <laughs> but hey, welcome to welcome to the podcast. How to be queer? We're back. back. We're coming up, Alex, on our year anniversary pretty soon of starting this podcast we should do like what a year in review or some one year anniversary episode it's crazy to me like what's happened since we started this podcast yes and really it's thanks to listeners who y'all enjoy listening to us just sit down and have conversations with each other it's kind of cool I, they like Captain Underbite I don't know that anyone likes Captain Underbite <laughs> except for me and you we're the only two people in this world James likes our 15-year-old likes yeah, Captain Underbite. He picks him up like a toddler. He does, and he holds him. Sometimes he bicep curls him. Yes, yeah, he's really cute. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but a uh, shout out to our sponsor, Youth Scene. Y'all know we're going to spell it. YouthSEEN.org, where we provide resources, education, mental wellness, healing, workshops, events. Everything. Everything. Y'all are amazing with what you do. Yes. Highlighting the QT BIPOC LGBTQ community. So last week we had on, we did a little preview of the F and Z show, which is also going to be sponsored by Youth Scene. My God. It was epic. I loved, I mean, these are two humans though, that we've known obviously for, for years we've been, they've been in our lives. We've been in theirs Two just amazing and beautiful souls and part of like what I really took from listening to them is I love how body positive and sex positive they are yes and I'm like oh I feel like I need to spend some more time with them yes because they say things and I'm like oh my god oh my god I'm so comfortable and I shouldn't be that's our I think that's our next podcast with them yeah, but we love F and Z. I don't know what if they're going to call it what P control. They were they're kind of uh, shopping around a couple names. As soon as we know what their name is, listeners, we will share with you because if you're listening to us, you definitely want to listen to them. Mm-hmm. I adore them, and how special for us too. Like we kind of talked about this a bit in the in our podcast with them, but they made our wedding everything. They did. They're, yeah, they're really special humans. They're magical humans and they inspire me every day to be myself. I know. It's like, I, mm-hmm. I, I think I've been processing, you know, since we sat down with them and I, um, like all of us, I think all of us have parts of our youth and our childhood and our upbringing that we're still trying to like unpack and heal from in some ways. And there's parts for me too, like I'm a reformed Catholic and I want to believe in Jesus and all the beautiful things, but I had Jesus interpreted for me for some people that were like really messed up. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that was Monsignor Beerster because I totally dropped <laughs> his name in the last one. I like how we're, if we were to compare ourselves from March last year to March. So now, March of 21. To we're now. way more crass and like, just like, yeah, fuck <laughs> it. <laughs> like open and it's good. Yeah. And my, I have to say like one of my, we are much more open and I always take a book out of like, this is one of the things I love about Zara. Um, so Zara and I were on a panel a couple of weeks ago 
And um, the panel was about like really understanding like what allyship looks like and um, just having people lean into conversations about queerness and um, you know how we show up as different colors and what does this mean? And um, Zara was like, Kim, you need to come on this panel with me. We <laughs> yes. need to do this panel together. And I'm like, Zara, I basically will do anything for you. So yeah. <laughs> you're basically like, Kim, show up and do this. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> so we're going to do this. And so Zara was like, okay, like let's practice what we're going to say. And wanted to do this whole thing around like language, like things that like, you know, you might not want to call somebody your spirit animal, right? Right. Um, you don't want to say maybe master bedroom. Yeah. Um, just learning like, and there's no shame here. Like we're all learning, but just like having a little bit of more sensitivity around language. That's what Zara and I were supposed to talk about. So we get up in front of this room full of people and Zara's like, okay, we're going to talk about language. Kim, why don't we want to say um, Oriental? And I'm yeah. like, well, to quote my friend, Tina, who, who is Korean American, um, she not a rug. Mm -hmm. And Zara takes the microphone from me and completely goes in this total other direction with like no warning to me at all that we're going to talk about white fragility. And I'm like, oh, so that's what we're talking about. But that, so Zara did that in the podcast, like all of a sudden she gets in like in her head, she's like, no, I'm going to say this. And then she says it in the most passionate, beautiful yeah. way. Yeah. So I love that we had that moment with her on the podcast. I love that I've had these moments with her, even when we're put on panels with like the mayor's office of Denver. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Zara, <laughs> that's okay. We're rolling. We're rolling. But I, I love them both. Yeah, me too. And you had, I mean, you met them how many years ago because you were a little baby drag performer on the Denver scene and they kind of took you in. I know. I, I, so I think about that. I reflect on our journey. Like we were always orbiting each other. And I just think it's really cool how, you know, um, the, the, the family. Yeah. We have a family. Um, the family that we have, um, you know, we've all like come together and just, oh, we have an amazing family. It works. Here. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, yeah. I, I, sometimes I got to wake up in the morning and I'm like, am I really here? And Zara was always one of those Queens that like, when you, like when I showed up to, um, or well, just knowing that she was in a, her energy, just so I'm like, yes, Zara is here. Or she would like show up to like, to, like to support a show or that I got to, you know, if she was hosting a show, like, you know yeah being a show like her energy is just contagious and yeah. oh she's yeah how, how she's not like the most famous person in the country like I'll never understand I know and then felony is like this like smooth you know like just enters <laughs> these jokes and you're like it's like a drive-by like where did that come from yeah a, a felony to Cracks me like always up. drops like something super <laughs> crass and in this very dry way and it kills me <laughs> But a huge yep. shout out to them. We will let you guys know what their podcast is going to be called. And I guarantee you there will be a plan and then that plan will not be followed. <laughs> and that's just the magic that they bring. Yeah. And I, I adore them. So thank you, Felony and Zara, for spending spending time with us last week and letting our listeners get to know y'all a little bit because yeah. they're two very, very special souls. Yeah, we are grateful. So can we talk about a soul that is not very special? Okay. <laughs> We're going to go Can dark. some of your water? Yeah, we're going to go dark and then we're going to go light tonight. Oh, good. I like that. You like, because I know. because I can follow me, that. Yes. You always tell me, you're like, Kim, we, we got to do both. We got to do both. You, you got to see the dark and the light. If you got, if you got a lot of light, you have dark too. So the and darkness for me, gray. Okay, good, good the darkness guy. for me is Texas governor, Greg Abbott. <sighs> That's what I got. I know. That's, and that's a nice, that's being nice. I know. I, I maybe had some choice words before we turn the microphones on, which mm -hmm. I'm not going to say, but for those of you who um, have been following this, there was obviously, there is, there is a number of anti-trans bills introduced from the state and Senate last year. And in particular, Senate bill 29 did go into effect in the state of Texas which requires, um, that is what requires transgender student athletes to compete on sports teams um, that are matched to their sex assigned at birth, which we've talked about for, for reference, go back to burn and how Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah. But he wasn't done there, Alex. Greg Abbott was not done okay. with just saying, hey, 
we're gonna make transgender students compete on sports team that they match their sex assigned at birth. The latest directive comes in forms of a letter that was issued in late February that directs um, all agencies to classify medical treatments for transgender adolescents, such as puberty blockers, hormone injections, as child abuse under existing state law. So the letter calls for the DFPS to investigate parents who help their children access treatments as well as licensed facilities that administer them. The letter imposes penalties on any mandatory reporters like doctors, nurses, and teachers who don't report instances of treatment as well as members of the general public. So basically, if you're wondering what this is, this would be how Texas Governor Greg Abbott has said, listen, if you have parents or caregivers that are affirming the identity and gender of a transgender child, that this, you are required to report them to the detect, it's when I'm saying DF, I'm sorry, DFPS, that is the Texas Department of Family Protective Services. And that means that any family who is providing this care to a transgender child um, would be classified as child abuse and could be facing jail time. So just to put that into like reference, if you and I lived in Texas, any person that has ever come into contact with our family, mm -hmm. so not even just our teachers or doctors or um, our lawyer, because yes, Alex and I have a lawyer. She's fucking amazing. Um, anyone that basically comes into contact with us could call us in for child abuse and we could be potentially jailed for just living. So I know that this is, um, this is a bleak moment, I think, for LGBTQ families across the state. This is, in addition, we talked about the don't say hate Gil, hate Gil, hate Bill, I can't even <laughs> say it. Um, there is also a case that is going to be heard by the Supreme Court, which actually originated out of Colorado, which would allow uh, businesses to claim religious freedom over LGBTQ right to exist freedom that's being uh, that will be heard by the supreme court we're expecting a ruling on that sometime in june what the it's, fuck is wrong with our country yeah i i want to say like it, it's it's a hard time to be an lgbtq person to be an lgbtq family to be um very invested in affirming our children's identity um i know that people will be like well you live in colorado yeah, we do, but it doesn't change the fact that like you're seeing your government on multiple levels, like to even entertain this type of legislation. I'm not gonna lie, it's pretty hard. Well, our kids still talk about going to their drag show and and, and protesters being and the protest the protesters being there on the other side of the parasol patrol, even though the parasol patrol was there. Yeah, but shout out to parasol patrol, you guys are amazing. Yeah. So I guess it's just, I bring that up because that's what they talk about. They remember the protesters. They do. And, and well, they remember a lot of things. Oh, they remember lots of things. But the pro protesters is definitely one. Um, and that kind of like hate is like, it's, it's a fog. It's always there all the time. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, we try, honestly, we do. You and I try not to, like, we're obviously, we're, we're aware of what's happening. Yeah. Um, we do keep our eyes very open of what's happening nationally. We, we um, are very, very, very lucky to live in a state where we have a very positive, because our governor is the first um, out and, and gay married governor mm -hmm. in, the, in the country. Um, shout out to Polis. Thank you, dear. Not only is he not only is he queer and amazing, he's actually a really good governor too. Yeah. You know, we're lucky that, you know, we have Leslie Harrod. Mm -hmm. um, we've got a number, we've got Jennifer Parenti who's mm -hmm. running. Like we have a lot of, but we also have Lauren Boebert. Who I don't know who that is. Oh, uh, stay in, stay in your bubble of not knowing who she okay. is. To me, she's an embarrassment. Okay. Um, but we have, you know, we've, we've, for the most part, I think Colorado is a very, where we live in a very affirming state. And so um, one of the places that, and I think I mentioned this on our last podcast, but 
the Center on Colfax, which is uh, an LGBTQ resource center that mm-hmm. does s- similar work to um, youth scene. Mm-hmm. They've been around for a long time on Colfax. They don't, um, they do some things really well. And one of the things they do really well is they have a program called Rainbow Alley, which yeah. is, is for support of LGBTQ youth. And so Joe Foster, shout out to Joe, who's um, one of their development directors there. Or I'm sorry, Joe, if I have your title wrong. He's, he's a big deal over there at the center. He's been fielding phone calls from all these families in Texas that are like, so can, are we going to be safe if we move to Colorado? Because, you know, we can't be living in Texas and just waiting for family and protective services to come knock on our door and throw us in freaking jail, which is, I need our listeners to like really sink into what that might feel like. Yeah. That on one hand, you know, that if you don't affirm your child, right, God, I mean, the, the, the mental health abuse that that actually puts on your child to not affirm them. But then knowing that you could be thrown into, into jail and charged with child abuse mm-hmm. at any minute. Yeah. Like that's what these families are living under. Yeah. I... It's horrific. Mm-hmm. It's horrific. So can I give you a little bit of a bright spot though? Yes. With please. this. Okay. So we do have, um, there's a couple people that are going to, that are going to fight this. And that, that's what makes me happy is that we have, um, we have the ACLU that has gone to Texas and they are, are going to start fighting this there. You might be wondering like, how is this legal? You are not alone if you are wondering if this is legal, but the American Academy of Pediatrics and the American Medical Association, among with other groups, they have released many statements condemning states like Texas for attempting to block transgender youth from assessing medical treatment. Following Abbott's letter, uh, multiple district attorneys throughout Texas stated that they would not be investigating any parents or medical providers. And the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services announced it would work to protect the rights of transgender children in Texas. President Biden mentioned this in his State of the Union address, and he said, transgender children bring fulfillment to their parents, joy to their friends, and are made in the image of God. Affirming a transgender child's identity is one of the best things a parent, teacher, or doctor can do to keep children from harm, and parents who love and affirm their children should be applauded and supported, not threatened, investigated, or stigmatized. So, we are going to go with the ACLU is going to win and that some of these um, people within these organizations that like, hey, this got reported that they're going to essentially look the other way until um, until we get this flipped. So there is there has been an investigation into some families already announced. The ACLU immediately filed a lawsuit on behalf of the teenager and the parents, as well as the physician who's Megan Mooney arguing that Abbott's directive has no legal basis and is instead an attempt to endanger the health and well-being of transgender youth in Texas by depriving them of medically necessary care. We did also have a Texas judge, sorry, a Texas judge that blocked a particular um, investigation from taking place. So, you know, on March 11th, the court's going to decide whether or not to block Abbott's directive statewide. So we'll continue to bring you all information, but it's dark. Yeah, I think it's a dark time. This guy, this guy, like what amount of like, I'm just gonna say he's a he's a fucking piece of shit. Oh, he is. He's a piece of shit. Like, who in their right mind thinks that they can tell someone else who they are and then what to do with their bodies, another family. And like, what kind of beef do you have with a child who's trying to be with, be themselves? Like, who's the real, who's the problem? Right. If you're, if you're an adult thinking that you can control who your child is or who like another child is like, you have a serious fucking mental issue. Yeah. I mean, Abbott to me is there's, and we've seen this throughout the history of, you know, not, I know this happens obviously in other places in the world, but I'm American. And so I mostly follow American politics in America. And not that I don't follow history globally and understand the global impacts, but 
when we talk about this, I guess American politics has been so goddamn freaking fascinating. But time and time again, we've seen white male ah. legislators yeah. come out with these horrific statements around LGBTQ kids, transgender kids. Like I'm even going back to the guy, I can't even remember his name, but he was, um, I think he was a senator from like Minnesota or or, or some someplace in the Midwest. And remember, he was the one that was like, gay people are an abomination and I'm against, this is like going back before we even had the right to get married. Okay. And he was caught in the fucking bathroom doing the toe taps underneath the bathroom stalls. You know, like this happens again and again and again. You look at the guy that was, you know, a a family first or whatever Mm -hmm. it is down in the Springs. And he was like, gay people need to burn in hell. Well, guess what he was doing with his masseuse? (laughs) We've seen this again and again. Really sword fighting. (laughs) I think they were, Alex. (laughs) They were sword fighting. They were sword fighting with some very special. (laughs) Damn damn those white men. But I'm like, again, so Abbott, like, I'm just waiting. What is it? What is it that's locked up in that closet of yours that would ever cause you to to do this much hate to someone else towards a child <laughs> i mean you got a serious good god i mean what i i, I just history doesn't it, history repeats itself with this uh-huh. that typically people that come out that, pardon the pun nah. that come out with this much hatred towards the lgbtq community they have something going on inside yep so Abbott, like we can set a countdown clock. Here's your shovel. <laughs> but I, I, I would just tell our listeners, like if you are in Texas and you're a family that's listening to us and you need some support and you're like, how the hell are we going to get out of Texas? You call me and Alex. Yes. We will, we will figure it out for you. Yep. How to be queer podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. So um, fuck you, Abbott. Fuck you, Abbott. Fuck you, Abbott. I, I, there used to be this book like a long time ago that one of my girlfriends and I loved, and it was, I think it was called like the See You in Hell Girls, and they freaking cracked me up that they would like write all these things about like, hey, we will see you in hell. Abbott, I think there's a spot like getting ready for you. Yeah. This is partic- particularly heinous. Like, like the dungeons of hell, like below hell. Yeah. Like he's, this is beyond. Yeah. So let's put Abbott in the corner. Because revenge is not our our MO. People will fuck themselves over. Well, a, a very, a very wise person in our life constantly says to us, let people tell on themselves. Yep. You just have to sit back and let them tell. They will tell you everything you need to know. Yeah. Yeah. Abbott is telling us everything we need to know and more. Yeah. Who was the dude? I can't even, I've like banished his name, but the guy that did the don't say hate bill in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget his name, but we did the whole part. I'm like, maybe, maybe the two of them need to get on Grinder, find each other. They could order sandwiches. <laughs> they could sword fight, right? Sword they could have a little snack, get a little physical activity in, work some shit out. Yep. And then they would stop spewing their hate on everyone else. You use the word spew. (laughs) (laughs) God. I mean, you know, they're going to spew something with each other. And I'm I'm all for it. You know, if they did that, then maybe they would feel better and leave children alone. Like, leave us alone. And leave gay people alone and let us just look live our lives we just want to live our lives well not even gay people trans all lgbtq, all LGBTQ people. people we just want to live but just can we leave us alone okay yep. so now i want you to talk to me about one of the most beautiful <sighs> humans i have ever listened to in my entire life yes outside of outside of outside of you. <laughs> i love you so much but you introduced me to this person last week Yes. And I have been marinating yeah. in their words, like it's a soft blanket to my soul since then. Yeah. Can you, do you want to tell everybody who this person is? Yes. Okay. Um, so in my own journey of um, 
sharing. I'm, I'm going to start trying to not say that word, the phrase coming out, because two people now, including Alok, um, because Karama was the first one where he 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 said it was like an, an invitation into yourself. This is Karama from Queer Eye. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So Alok uses um, coming out. It's, it doesn't use coming out either. It's a it's strategy. You're you're strate you're strategic about who you share yourself with. So we are no longer coming out. We are just strategically because that's letting somebody into who we are. Yeah, because we know that they're it's not always safe. And that's the reality of it. But we're not hiding, we're just strategic about who we share it with. Got it. So um so one was Karamo, queer eye from the straight guy. Yeah. Or from the straight, what is it? Queer, queer eye. eye. It's just queer eye. It used yeah. to be it used the to be original eye. one. It used to be queer eye for the straight guy. And then they they modernized it to just mm -hmm. it's queer eye now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Noted. Yeah. Um, but so Alok was someone that I came across a couple years ago in my non-binary um transition journey. And so a couple things. They came to youth team camp two years ago, and I was like a puddle on the floor when I found that out. Which is why everybody needs to go support youth. Which scene. is why everybody needs to go support youth scene. Okay. And so, so who is who is bro Alok? friend, bro friend totally knows Alok. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> so who so they are a um, American writer, performance artist, immediate personality who performs under the name Alok. They're gender non-conforming and transgender, transfeminine, and their pronouns are they, them. They were born in 1991. So okay, I'm, so I was in high school when they were born. Yeah, so okay. they're 30 years old. And I just, I only oh mention their age because in their, in their 30 years on this, on this planet like the amount of not wisdom and depth and transcendence that they carry through this earth is just phenomenal it's mind body perspective changing oh look you need to come on to our would you please come on to our, our our podcast too yeah i um i have to say alex like there's it, it, I think it is important to acknowledge that this this human being is only 30 years old because we were making notes for this podcast and and had listened to Alok's words. We've mm -hmm. we've you know ordered Alok's book. I've spent many a moment on the internet just soaking in everything that this person had to say. Mm -hmm. And there's beautiful souls that say things, but this this person, and when I when I heard that they were 30, I just I wanted to cry because I thought, oh my God, where they're at as a human being, I'm just in awe. Most people, most people will never ever get in their lifetime. And the amount of like, when you, when you think of like a soul on earth, like a, like a pure soul, like they are a pure soul. So I guess there's a couple things in listening and reading, um, what a locus has said yeah some of the things that really hit me is their the way that they talk about gender and so one of the things that i keep going back to and back to gender and beauty and expression um all this but this is one of the things that a said when they were talking about gender i can't find on the inside of me i can only find gender on me I can find it like in my shirt and on my jewelry and in my old, oh no, wait, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm quoting the wrong thing. I'm totally quoting the wrong thing. Okay. I just messed that up. Okay. If we had a, if we, you know what, if we had we're, an editor, we're champion, champion. you know, if we, maybe we'll edit this part out or maybe you'll just, we'll keep it in because that's me and we're just, just messing it up. We're just going to roll. Okay. That was the response to it, which I'll get to, but a lot of questions that Alok had brought up was around understanding what gender is and that gender is really hard to understand if you've only viewed gender through patriarchal terms. Yeah. So this was the, this was the thing that you and I have been talking about all week was that if we were going to look at beauty even, mm -hmm. what is beauty and how do you feel beauty? When do you think that you are your most beautiful and take it out of 
anything that your gender assigned to you would have told you. Yeah. Is this the part you're looking for? I don't know what I'm looking for. I'm still blown away. Yeah. So I have it like open in front of me. I know you have it open in front of you too. And I sent you like a whole bunch of notes, like with highlighted part, but the beauty thing in particular was one of the things that I just really latched onto because beauty to me had been pushed on me from what patriarchal terms or norms define as beauty Mm -hmm. so when women you know long hair long lashes young fresh looking skin pouty lips curvy body but very thin body you know all these things that were defined to us as beauty and so a look at a look asked the question what when do you feel beautiful so can you answer that question when do you alex feel your most beautiful um, and I'm only able to answer this way because I've, I've heard them, um, that it's, it's when I'm doing things that make me feel strong, good. So what are some of the things that make you feel strong and good? Well, I mean, lots of things when I'm moving my body, when I'm exercising, um, when I'm walking down the street with you, um, when I'm having sex, when um, I'm knowing I'm going to put a piece of clothing on my body that makes me feel good, that mm-hmm. I that is affirming, that just, you know, it's not like, oh, I look good, it's I feel good in this thing. Um, being with, I mean, it, yeah. Yeah. I guess I, I found the, the, the conversation really interesting because beauty in patriarchal terms has been really um, defined for us. And so the knee jerk you know, response to like, when do I feel beautiful? I'm like, oh, when I, you know, weigh a certain amount or my hair is like, you oh, know, having a great hair day yeah. and my skin is super clear. And my eyelashes are, you know, all this. And then I'm like, okay, no, 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 no. When do I feel not when do I look but when do I feel beautiful Mm -hmm. and obviously those things are connected it's a good thing to feel good in your skin yeah and it's it is a good thing to have pride in the way that you look but when I really was trying to break down like what does beautiful or beauty actually feel like to me a lot of it left my physical self yeah yeah right so like as you're saying it's like you know I can feel beauty when I feel connection to you, mm-hmm. walking down the street, holding hands, having sex, sitting together here tonight, yeah. like I, this is, this feels like beauty. Yeah. Um, but when, and, I, and what I think I'm trying to take from this, from this person is that beauty is so tied to, at least it's been taught to be tied to your gender. Yeah. And gender is made up. And gender is made up. So then when you can strip all that away, what is truly beautiful. I know for me, when I, um, like when I'm in a work project and I'm like, I'm getting all the pieces and the parts and everything's coming out great. And I'm like, this project turned out amazing. I actually feel mm-hmm. most beautiful. Yeah. So sometimes I feel beautiful through accomplishment or through yeah. hard work. Yeah. I felt that way yesterday. Yeah. yeah Cause you did a, a conference around, um, around gender yesterday. Yeah. 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 I felt beautiful. Cause I was like, Oh, cool. We all did this. Thing. So what did you take from that? I mean, there's a lot of things that a look said that really resonated with me, but what were some of the things that landed on you? I think, um, one of the, one of the big things, um, for me, I don't meet in person or hear. Well, I was going, I'll finish that sentence. Cause I was going to say like, it's on me. Like I, there are tons of non-binary, you know, people in the world and lots of amazing um people are putting themselves out there but um a look was uh I listened to Abby Glennon's podcast and so it was the first time that I really like sat down and listened um I totally went off off topic will you ask me that again yeah what did you, what were some of the things when you are reading or listening to a what really hit you um, yes, I think my brain went everywhere because they, 
if you're really, I feel like if you're really listening, that they, they could, they're speaking to everyone, not just LGBTQ yes. people. Yes. It's, it's yes, you know, we had these labels of like LGBTQ and, you know, our skin color and all of these things, but, the, but they're, they're speaking to our insides. If you're paying attention, I feel like you're, they're speaking to the, to, to your humanness. And that we're really kind of, we're really all the same and wanting the very, very similar things. And, um, but obviously we all are, well, we go about in different ways of of getting it, but um, that the energetic side of me that is like, I'm everywhere all the time. I was like, oh my gosh, this person is putting into words this like web of how I feel on the inside all the time. Well, and I think to your point, that was the other, like, I'm so glad that you brought this up because sometimes I think I have felt that because I identified with the sex that I was assigned at birth, that exploring gender and what gender as an expression means for me was not as open in conversation. Right. Like it was really, I think sometimes like, I I think I felt like, well, you know, you, you, you assigned with female, you were assigned female at birth for you, everything lined up, no need to go explore that. Right. And then I listened to this person and to your point, they were like, okay, it, it really doesn't matter how you, and it sounds so stupid coming out of my mouth. Right. Like duh, Kim, like, no, everybody has the freedom to explore what gender as an expression means to them. Mm-hmm. And if you can break out of the assigned, you know, box that you were put into, just because you still identify as the sex that you were assigned at birth, doesn't mean that you still have to express yourself assigned to that. Yeah. And I think even as a person that we've been talking about this for years and years and years, I understand that gender is just an expression. Gender is not an identity. It's not actually who I am. It's simply just an expression of who I think I am. Yeah. And that was what uh, Alok made so accessible to me mm-hmm. that I didn't have to think of this in terms of you were assigned female at birth. Yeah. Everything feels pretty much lined up. No need to explore that. And it was like, no, you, you should be because even the ways in which female has been assigned for you socially and structurally it's not real it's been assigned to you from a patriarchal vision of what was going to make you feel the most small and controlled yeah yeah it's like it's a little mind-blowing it's it's mind I'm like yeah because I because it's mind-blowing that you're just kind of like I've started to feel like I'm you know, cartoons will make souls as these little like floating orbs. Mm-hmm. And so I've always kind of had that in my head since I was like a kid, you know, more or less, but like, you know, and, and that orb is like in, uh, in this body, which is like, for me, it's always felt very restrictive. And because then I see physical body parts or, you know, it, where expression is very kind of, kind of, it doesn't, yeah, it, it's, it's whatever you can, you know, come up with, but like the older I get, it's just like, we're just energy. Yeah. We're just energy. We're just energy. And so what is, what is beautiful about my energy yeah. outside of gender? And yeah. that's what I really want to spend. And I, and listeners, I'm sorry, I don't have any answers for you yet of what my energy actually is outside of I know that I'm a deeply loving person to my wife. I am a deeply loving person to my, to our family, to our children, to my parents, to our friends. I'm a deeply loving person that everyone should have the same opportunity and equity in the world that I have. Um, There's certain things that I'm like, I know to my core and I've known these things since I was like first able to even identify them. But what that means and how I express myself outside of it, I'm, I'm on the journey. Yeah. It makes me think of your head of the the head, heart, head, heart, hands, hands healing healing. that our, our brains can be such a roadblock on obstacle to pulling in. Now I'm, I'm not talking about like everything, but I just mean, let's, let's go massive scale of like what it means to be human and, and energy. And like, it is massive. 
and our brains are not really we have to work really hard. And so when we, that's, I think it's part of our journey here on earth is like, we have to work. If you want to experience humanness, we have to work incredibly hard to maybe try to understand this whole energetic world that is out there that we have no clue, like really what's out there. I know I'm kind of like, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm sinking into most of the time I walk around, I'm like, yeah, I kind of got my shit together, right? Like I get up every day. I've got a really great job. I'm really successful in it. I've got a successful marriage. I've got, you know, wonderful relationships with people. Like my life, I feel pretty fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And then you listen to someone talk and they open up these worlds for you. And then you have the experience where you're like, I don't know shit. (laughs) I don't know shit. What's I don't know shit about fuck. I don't know shit about fuck. And, and, and I think, I think, you know, we should be asking ourselves that every day in some capacity or another. I don't know shit about fuck. I'm sorry. It's like an inside joke with our neighbor right now, because she watches um, Ozark. Ozarks. So if you watch Ozark, yeah. you know what we're talking about. And she just looked at us one day and she was like, I don't know shit about fuck. <laughs> so now it's just like, well, you and I had the conversation in the, in the car on the way to dinner on Friday night about, um, different kinds of intelligence oh my gosh yeah I mean before like we can totally get into different kinds of intelligence and do you want me to get into that now well, or do I, you want me to give you my other like favorite things that I learned from um Alok? well let's let's touch briefly on it because I think it's it's it kind of puts a little layer of icing on like the the energy piece okay so like how I listen to you and how I how I listen to people is that what you want me to talk about um yeah Okay. And like different, different kinds of, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 I want to say that one of the, this is like a pet peeve of mine. So we're going to get into a pet peeve and then we're going to talk about like how, what, what real intelligence to me shows up as. Yeah. Okay. And the way so, you were, it was just like, I was like, oh my God, okay, go. <laughs> so so as, as an example, you and I are very different communicators. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I am very chronological in the way that I think the way I go from, you know, A happened and then B happened and then C happened, D happened. And then this is what I think about A, B, C, and D. Okay. That's the way my brain works. Alex, I love you, but you'll tell me B, A, C, F, E, G, like you go all around, but then it all comes back together in the end. And so sometimes I'll be like, okay, like I need to like really, really listen because I got to get from, from we're starting at G, but then we're going to go to A and then, you know, like a pit stop over at C, like that's your brain. And then I'm trying to like match you. Yeah, go ahead. And so I, what we were talking about on the way to dinner is I said, you know, there's no difference in intelligence between you and I, Mm -hmm. but typically people that speak where they go from their thought processes, where they start at G and go to A and go to B like you are, Mm -hmm. people will be like, well, I can't understand you. Can't you just explain this to me in a way that I get it? Yeah. Which is, that's my pet peeve. And then we get labeled as flighty and airy and ditzy and. No. And to me, I'm like, no, 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 no. That is a reflection on the person doing the listening, that they can't break down their systems of the way that they communicate to open themselves up to be like, oh, well, this is just a person and how they communicate. And am I intelligent enough to follow them Mm -hmm. instead of, and so I'm totally going to call it out because the jackass loves to listen to this and be (laughs) the dickhead that he is. He used to say to you, can't you just simplify this because, you know, and he would kind of make you feel like you were not intelligent because you Mm -hmm. didn't communicate chronologically. Oh yeah. I would, I would say, you know, I feel so stupid. And he'd be like, well, yeah. And I'm going to say it. No, he's stupid. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because you can't just listen to someone and say, I need you to tell me things in the exact way that I need to hear them. So it makes sense to me. Yeah. It's like, well, no, 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 no. The key of listening is understanding how another person is communicating their thoughts mm-hmm. and taking yourself out of it and be like, how do I need to follow you? Yeah. So I have learned in communicating with you. I'm like, I am not going to get something chronological. I am on a journey of communication with you. I'm going to get to the end and then I'm going to go to the beginning. We're going to pit stop in the middle. We're going to go back to the beginning. Then we're going to get to the end, but you, you go and bring it home for me in the end. Yeah. And 
none of that is about me. It's just about sitting and providing space to you as you explain something. Now, there have been days where I'm like, B, <laughs> I love you. I love you so much. I love you. Girl's tired. <laughs> well, and then, yeah, yeah. And then you'll be like, okay, let me change up my communication style so it's a little bit easier for you tonight. But by no means does that mean that one of us is right in the way that we communicate. Correct. I also, um, I, communication is something that I work on all the time. I try to, and um, I know that over-explaining is a trauma response. Mm. And so getting really frantic and um, knowing that the person, that you are feeling like the person is um, irritated with you or you're, you know, and so that is on me to um, remember that who I'm talking to is not mad at me, who's not, oh, you know, not, not irritated and impatient. And, but also there's so much value, obviously there's value in how everyone communicates, but, you know, um, I take note at how you communicate where it's like one, you know, A to B to C. And then I'm like, okay. And so I'm always pulling in how you, and so I'll, I'll understand I'll take notes of like, okay, so this is how she's, she's starting this together. Yeah. And it's helped me in emails for work, like being a lot more streamlined. So I just think there's like a beauty in, um, you, you've described yourself a little bit before as like a Jack, a Jackson Pollock painting yeah. where thoughts like come into your head and you'll put them out on a campus and you'll be like, wow, none of these thoughts are connected. What is actually happening? But then you stand back and look at the canvas and you're like, this is actually quite brilliant. Yeah. Um, so that's just more of, you know, the, uh, just real conversations between you and I, and one of the things we're having, and, and I know that, you know, for people that are on, um, you know, if you're with someone where maybe it's not your first, uh, marriage or, um, you know, long-term commitment, and sometimes you do spend a bit of time in the relationship, like undoing the harm, yeah. right. That you, I didn't cause right. a lot of the harm that happened to you, but I definitely need to understand it. Yeah. And I need to show up in ways with like care and compassion and, and me too, like, you know, relationships that I've been in. I mean, I constantly felt like I was too much, yeah, just too much all the time, because in case, you know, our listeners are tuning in for the first time, I get pissed off about shit and I got to fucking process it out and talk about it. And, and, you know, know all the things and all the details and why is, why is the world like this? And you know, it does take an enormous amount of patience to be with me sometimes because I'm sure you want to look at me and be like, can you just chill the fuck out? No, I can't. No, uh, I actually can't. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. We we have a tremendous amount of balance. It's beautiful. I mean, we do like get into fights sometimes though. I don't want to make it sound like our relationship is like it's picnic and roast. Oh yeah. Yeah. And and sometimes it's I mean, oftentimes it's about communication. It's, you know, whatever is happening and um, it's good. You we, kind of called we, me on some shit the other day. We always too. work it out. You totally called me on my shit the other, <laughs> the other night. And I was like, you never know, listeners, when you're in a fight with your spouse <laughs> and you're like, oh, I'm getting into this fight. I've got my whole argument <laughs> worked out and I'm right. And then your spouse like drops some truth on you and you're like, I don't know shit about fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Alex did that to me the other night. I'm like, I got nothing. Yeah, you've done that to me too. I'm like, oh my God, I totally did that. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, this is actually all my fault. And I've just been projecting it on yeah. you because I don't want to take responsibility for my own yeah. actions. Uh -huh. That was a sweet moment for me. <laughs> I got you. You're a very nice wife that you didn't rub my face in it. Did you want to rub my face in it just a little bit? No, no, <laughs> not at all. I really wanted you to, I just, um, I love you. I know, but I did get one of those moments where you sat up in bed and you like put your arms out the side of your body and you were like, none of this is about me. None of this is about me. This is all you. This is all you bringing this. And I was like, but, but, fuck. <laughs> Uh, back All to right. beauty back to well back to yeah so now that we've aired our our way the way we communicate and our dirty laundry with each other well I think it's important I mean 
it's good it's good we're vulnerable and real with our listeners yeah that's what they like so I'm gonna share with you and then I want you to talk about this a little bit I'm gonna read it a little bit of a and I'm gonna get the right quote this time you ready yeah okay so one of the things Alok said is it's funny to me that people accuse us trans and non-binary people of imposing this gender conversation on them. When the real imposition was dividing billions of complex, divine, nuanced souls into two categories, man and woman. Oh my God. Uh-huh. And that was an orchestrated project of colonialism across the world and what is now called the United States and Canada, where a locus is from is called India where European settlers indoctrinated indigenous peoples into the idea that they had to be men or women as defined by our American culture. Otherwise, they were heathen, degenerate, and wrong. And this looked like extinguishing, like an attempted genocide of gender variant people across the world. So what they do is they tell you that there's only two genders and they get away with it because they kill, disappear, erase, decredit, delegitimize all of us who for hundreds of years have lived alongside you. Uh-huh. So let's break this down into like, for our allies that listen, when we talk about making space and when someone who is non-binary uses pronouns, they, them, and, and you wave your hand in their face and say, I just don't get this they, them thing. Can't you just be she or he? There's only two genders, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. What Alok is saying is, actually, we've been here forever, but y'all have figured out a way to erase us, and now you're acting like we're the weird ones. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. When he... Yeah, take a breath, baby. Um, When they said... I think that's because I've been punished for my beauty my entire life. And by beauty, I mean looking like myself. That like gut punched me in, in my heart, which I think most people don't know that's what beauty actually is. Is looking like yourself. Is looking like your, like yourself. And so... Um, so looking like yourself for you, Alex, is what? When you feel your most itself, what do you look like? It could be anything. I I won't I won't describe a, an outfit or a it, it's nothing. It's a feeling. It's it's me. It's now it being it's being where I am in my life. Like, and then also even not even judging you know where I was when I was twenty one. You know, it was, that's what I thought beauty was then. But I also knew I'm like, well, this, I dreamed about being a wise 40 something year old. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I know I don't, you know, none of us know everything, but that I think what I was searching for was um, a sense of peace within myself. Mm-hmm. And yes, there's a whole bunch of bullshit happening, happening in, in the world right now, but the world on my inside is calm. Mm-hmm. that's beauty. Yeah. And I'm no longer fighting myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm human. I have, I have moments of insecurity, of course. And, you know, but I'm like, I'm just at peace. I'm just me. Yeah. yeah. I, I get that. I think I, as, as coming into, you know, who I am today, that is what beauty feels like to me is the inner peace of knowing who I am and being able to drop all pretense for anyone else. And that pretense for me shows up in um, a lot of different ways, but one of the ways it was, it was in people pleasing and perfectionism. Mm -hmm. And so being able to drop that has, that's where I find beauty in myself. Like I really, and this is not about giving zero fucks. I can't stand when people say that because I do. I give, yeah. a, I give a lot of fucks. Me too. I don't think it's a good thing to not give zero fucks. I do care a lot. Yeah. But who I am at my core and where I feel most comfortable in expressing myself, that is no longer up for debate, regardless mm-hmm. of whether someone's going to get their feelings hurt or not. 
Now I'll never intentionally hurt someone's feelings, but I used to have my life ruled by what they, their feelings were about me. And that was where I was finding value. Yep. Am I, am I a good mother? Does everyone think I'm a good mother? Mm-hmm. Oh, so then I must have value. Right. But what about people that choose not to be mothers? Does that mean that they're any less perfect or have any less value than I do? Mm-hmm. Well, no. Mm-hmm. Um, body image, weight, being a woman that wasn't going to rock any boats against, you know, other people around me that were like, you know, you can't, you, why are you talking about these things? Why do you know, you know, and I, there's been a couple of people in my life too, that they don't necessarily like when I would know something that they didn't, and they would try to like fact check me. And I'd be like, you can go ahead. And in the past I would be like, no, 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 Kim, you're making someone uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Just go quiet, go silent. Yeah. And beauty to me is now that I'm like, I don't care that your fragility is uncomfortable with my knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. You can sit there and be as uncomfortable as possible. I am not going to dull myself down for your comfort. And yep. that, that to me is beauty. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I've definitely been moving into that, that place too, where um, where it's just, I'm not going to play small with myself or my kids or my family or my life or anything anymore for someone else's comfort. I I do think that that's how the the patriarchy and misogyny, and I say this on here all the time, it doesn't just affect people who were socialized as female, it impacts everyone. Yeah. Men included. It does. It impacts all of us. Yeah. How do you break out of those? How do you break out of that, that, that confinement? Yeah. We're all, we're all affected by these systems. Mm -hmm. Some of us more than others, obviously, depending on how you identify, but it impacts everybody. Mm -hmm. We could talk about this for a long, long time, but I feel like we're probably, are we going to have to do a part two? Yeah. Um, I guess I want to say, talk about this part really quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where um, I remember I got to, I got to a point in my in my transition about about midlife with the with the tap on the shoulder from the universe where I was like scared all the time and and feeling like I'm I'm that I used to say like well I'm not I'm not really scared and then realizing the closer I got to the truth the scarier things got and that, but also it felt right and scary. And then I'm, I'm relating this to my transition, but really like, I mean, it's, it's anything and everything. If you're really like working on, on and finding yourself, like you're, you're living your life every day scared, but you know, it's right. And so I liked when Alok said, um, they feel the most beautiful when they, when they feel the most afraid. And, and I just remember that feeling that especially, and I, I'm, my brain, I'm, I'm going back to with my, specifically with, with my transition, getting that language around non-binary and transgender and just being like, my body would like shake and like, but you know, this is right. And that you just like the one foot in front, in front of the other because, and so then they go on to say, you know, um, n- not just because of what other people will do to me, but what I'll do to myself, how I will censor myself, how I'll look at that that video if they're, if they're looking at a video of themselves and say, you are a fool, so tone it down. Um, and how I'll tone it down and how easy it'll be to blame it on, on someone else, but but to know that I ultimately ultimately made the decision. So like, then I think about with, with the conference we did yesterday with, with, with drag and Trey, like I packed up Trey because I, I was, I could not handle the pressure of people of, of the world and the people I had around me saying, tone it down. Like, so I toned it down for a long time for, for decades. And then, and then back to the energy piece, the energy, it gets to the point where you can't do that anymore. And 
And I, I guess maybe some people do, but there's consequences on, on that end also. But mine was, I'm just so grateful for how everything. <laughs> well, and, and we've unfolded. talked about, you know, so your drag persona, Trey Suits, um, people can go to YouTube and put in Trey Suits and they can see a lot of your amazing performances that you've done in the last couple of years. And Trey was parts of you. They were like, he was like an exaggeration of, of you. Yeah. Fel yesterday, Felony said that, that, that Thorell is Felony, but Felony is not Thorell. And I was like, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I would say watching you, um, you know, for years I would, you know, we would, I would see you perform as Trey and I'm like, it's, it is you, it, but it's a, it's a little bit of an exaggeration. It's more, um, more sexual it's more um, gritty. Mm -hmm. It's definitely more masculine than how you walk around in your, in your day-to-day -day life. Um, but it's, it's fascinating. Like when we talk about like, you know, drag is, drag is art is, is, is what it is. It's an expression. It's an expression of what someone wants to put on stage and, and, and mind bend you a little bit. Yeah. Um, which is why I love drag. And then it's also celebratory and fun and joyful and, and silly and, and just amazing and, and all the different representation that we get. Um, but when I would watch you, there was parts that would come out that I was like, that's the person I actually know. Mm. Like I would see it from time to time. And then obviously then you would be doing something like that. So that's a total exaggeration of your personality. But I understand how Trey and the invention of Trey that you had, like it ushered in Alex, it ushered mm -hmm. in you to be who you are. Yeah. And now Trey is where? Like, is Trey coming back? Are you going to perform again? Like, what are you thinking? You know, doing the, doing, the, having, yeah, all the writing I've been doing lately. And it's, um, I don't know. We'll see where it goes. I will, I will tell our listeners, you need to go to YouTube and it's Trey, T-R-E-Y, last name is Suits, like a suit, S-U-I-T-S. -S and just, I'm going to brag on my baby for a minute, but you started your drag, um, you started drag in Ohio mm -hmm. and then moved out to Colorado. I'm giving the abbreviated version. And, um, you know, essentially we're told like, can you pack this shit up? And you did literally, well, literally that too. Like, literally, yeah. we're yeah. told to pack it in. Yeah. Um, by your partner at the time. Yeah. Because they were uncomfortable. Yeah. Because they're an asshole. They're fragile. <laughs> fragile and insecure. Fragile and insecure. Um, so you did pack it up and then you kind of started getting close to your 40s and you were like, Yeah, I, I gotta explore this. Mm -hmm. So you started tray suits again at a tip spot only mm -hmm. at a bar in Fort Collins mm -hmm. because somebody there knew you you come out as tray suits and the bar fucking erupts because you're you and you're <laughs> amazing and that night I remember saying to you I was like well what do you want to do with this and you told me you're like I want to get on the stage drag nation and so we talked about this a little bit with Felony and Zara. And I was like, you know, I'm going to save this for another podcast. Now it's just happening now. So it's great. Yeah. <laughs> but for people that don't live in, in Colorado, Drag Nation is held at um, the largest LGBTQ club in the state of Colorado. Which is it's owned, massive. And it's owned, which is owned by straight men. It's owned by straight men. That's a whole <laughs> other episode. That's a whole other episode. But Drag Nation, there's like you know, thousands of people that come and see this. It's a, it's a big deal. Yeah. Um, uh, Evie oddly has been there for years. She ended up winning RuPaul's drag race. Yeah. Like it's a pretty big deal, at least in the LGBTQ community. Mm -hmm. And you looked at me and you're like, I'm going to get onto the stage of drag nation. Yeah. And you did it within a year. Yeah. Now that might not sound like a big deal, but I need to remind people that drag nation they don't have drag kings. They have Bootsy. Yeah. And he, was, yeah. he, and that, that's like the only other drag king that has ever been invited onto that stage. And you, within one year, it was actually one year to the day. Talk uh, yeah. About, I was going to say it was. Talk about when we like manifest things for ourselves. <laughs> and you did um, Adam Lambert, Never Close Our Eyes. 
people go to YouTube and just Google tray suits, drag nation, you will find the video um, of, Al of, of, of Alex. And it is mind blowing to watch what you did. And then you did it a bunch of other times after that. You did Halloween shows and New Year's Eve shows and pride. And, and I mean, you are a magnificent performer, but you know how, like when your partner does something and you're like, holy fucking shit, goddamn, like that was amazing. That is by far and away my favorite performance you have ever done mm. was that one. Thanks. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. I'm totally fangirling you. Mm. I got to marry you. you yeah. Got to, I know. I'm looking at, I was, remember looking out in the crowd and I was like, where's Kim? Oh, there she is. Yeah. Two of my best friends came, came and we, the three of us, we, we got ourselves up and dressed and all fancied up and we were just it's a really cool thing to see like your, your, the love of your life, your partner, the person that's like everything to you up on stage and you see them embrace so fully, you know, who they are and doing something that they love. And then you're watching thousands of people like lose their shit for them. It was just an amazing moment Yeah, that we got to share together. Yeah. I might like Google that and watch it before bed. <laughs> you have the real thing right here with you. Yeah, I know, but I still like to watch it. <laughs> not creepy that's called love okay should we end this one and then we can come yeah. back with more about um more about this in the future yes we'll talk about because alok has they they interviewed with abby Glennon um a second time and aside from abby Glennon, there it doesn't even matter they have lots of things that that, that we can talk about and they've got three books yeah we should we could read the book and then talk about the books as i say we ordered okay. the book it's coming here we're gonna be talking about all this yeah. for a while especially with yeah thanks for sticking with us what's going on in the world yeah thank you so much Listeners, everybody. we love you we love you um if you would like to reach out to us again you can reach us at how to be queer podcast at gmail.com find us on instagram at balls of magic uh facebook at balls of magic and yeah i'm totally googling googling Tracy's you should you should see so kim's right now she's got her phone she's googling Trey suits drag nation oh my god here it is <laughs> oh my god can you put this outfit on soon <laughs> Oh, shit, I love you, baby. I gotta go. <laughs> okay. Good night. <laughs>